Recorded at the Social Storyteller Studios, this is the Jewelers Podcast. Welcome to the Jewelers Podcast. We are lucky to have Monica Davidson. Mm. How are you doing, Monica? I'm good, thank you. And where are you from? What do you do? I'm from Sydney. Yeah. Not originally. I'm from Newcastle originally, in case okay. there are any Novocastrians listening, you know, shout out to my hometown. And I am the director and doyen of a social enterprise called Creative Plus Business. We help creative people to get better at running a business. It's exactly what it says on the tin. Sure. And I went to, you came and spoke at one of my courses where I was doing for video. And just so much of what you said rang true for what I know about the jewellery industry. Great. You know, there's a lot of independent people and there's an element of creativity or lots of creativity in their work. So it's trying to find a way to have that creativity as a business. Well, that's we work with people across all the creative industries for that reason because it doesn't actually matter what your creative practice is. If you're a filmmaker or a jeweler or a musician or an actor, when it comes to business and money and marketing and self-employment, we're basically all in the same boat. So that's why we're able to kind of tell the same stories to a wide group of people because you're all experiencing the same challenges and hopefully having some of the same triumphs one hopes (laughs) Uh, so and what we're going to do uh recently on a facebook group jake cochran shared his experience of having career burnout and was very frank and open about it which Mm -hmm. was which was pretty good and we're going to talk to him now so let's hope technology works as we call jake up Hi, Jake. How are you doing? It's Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Yeah, well, thanks. How are you? Ah, yeah, very well. So we've come to you because you were quite frank and open about a bit of career burnout episode that you had recently. Yeah, that's right. And you're quite open and uh, want to talk about it freely with people. Yeah, I did the post up there the other day just to shed a bit of light on it because, you know, a lot of people have said that it's sort of they've burnt out. They've worked too many hours, burnt out, hit a wall. Yeah. Um, but yet you don't really hear anyone talk about it I th- openly. So. Yeah. Well, a lot of people uh, run in their businesses. They, they they don't want their business to look anything but flawless and shiny and happy and <laughs> and the rest of the stuff. So it does take a lot of realness to, to be able to talk about it. And it's much appreciated because whatever you're experiencing, many people are experiencing. Yeah, we see a lot of people find it like as a weakness to talk about it or to make it known that they're struggling or having trouble, but I don't know, I think it's it's foggy, really. It's a foggy area. I've spoken to a few people that have phoned me after that post and they've said, yeah, it's not really something I wanted to talk about, but I've been struggling with it. So um, it, it did help sort of bringing it out there, but um, the more light we can shed on it, certainly can help more people. What was the story? What happened? How did it come about? When did you start uh, noticing? Working too much. Yeah, just working too much. Um, you know, like it went from, you know, 70 hour weeks to 80, 90, and then in the end close to 100 and some weeks over 100 and, uh, just not sleeping enough. And it sort of just happened. I didn't really see it coming. Just over a period of time, it just became more and more. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah, I ended up just hitting a wall and woke up one morning and went, I'm not going to work today. And, uh, it was probably five weeks ago now. And, yeah, I'm still not back working yet, but um, yes, it's a different time. I, I thought I was sort of bulletproof before that. Um, everyone was telling me to slow up or you'll burn out, but I didn't really under understand 
how bad it could get. So, but um, yeah, I just I've been back, tried to work, but it just didn't really happen. <laughs> Got no concentration at the moment for working, which is oh, one of sure. those things. But um, yeah, just need some time off. So, what were some of the like uh, side effects of that you noticed? Of you know, can you can you identify warning signs in retrospect? Oh, oh definitely. Look, I was. Snappy. I wasn't sleeping much, so I was cranky all the time. Snappy, pretty much bags under my eyes. There was red eyes for yeah the whole time. Not spending any time with my family. That sort of cut right down. Um, I sort of should have seen it at that point. Um, my wife brought it up to me that I was like I was going to be out of control with the hours I was working, but I kind of did it anyway. But but sure. you know if I if I could do it again. I um I would know the signs, but I didn't see what people were telling me um, before it happened. You know, everyone was telling me that this had happened, but I thought it wouldn't. <laughs> it did. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as the signs go, it's um just lack of sleep, just really really tired, um and being cranky, probably problem solving, just gets a bit foggy and. Yeah, frustration with things a bit more than you should. Did you listen to people and s- step down, or was it that you nah, pushed yourself no, till it, you broke? Uh, I, I listened to like I listened. I heard what they were saying, but I wasn't like I didn't really feel that it applied to me. Yeah, so sure. um, as far as I'm saying, look, you you know you can't work twenty hours a day. You know you need more sleep, or you're going to really burn out. Um, I thought, oh, you know, a lot of people burn out, but like I can go pretty hard with it burning out because yeah, I haven't done right. it before. You get people like Mark Wahlberg saying that he's getting up at 4am doing a workout, going to work all day. So you've got these kind of high profile, if you're not working hard, go home type things in culture. So it is definitely it is hard to be like, actually, Mark Wahlberg, you can rack off. Like Also, Mark Wahlberg doesn't <laughs> like make his own dinner or do his own washing or... Indeed. Put his own kids to bed, you know. It's a bit easier when you've got someone else taking yeah. care of all that other crap for you. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, look, my wife did everything. Like, she made it. It was doable because my wife was there to take care of the kids, to do everything around the house, um, cook, clean, washing, kids. Everything was taken care of so I could just focus all, like, all my energy on work. And I was doing that, but I kind of took advantage of it and went a bit far in the end. I think I worked as a... Like in the final week, I worked a 21 and a half hour day, had like 45 minutes sleep before wow. my first appointment for the following day. And I did that and I finished that day. And I think it was the following day after that or one after that that I just went, I'm done. Yeah, I'm not right. going to work. And what did it, what was it uh, like? Was, cause like I, I, I had an episode a couple of months ago where I felt like I had glitched. Like I, I I can't do this today. Like I had to like step away. Did did it feel like that, or or were you just exhausted from? To be honest, I couldn't get out of bed. I I just I went. I'm not getting up. Yeah, but right. I'm not doing this again. I'm I'm done. And I I laid on the lounge. I think for about three days. Um, and I ended up going to hospital. Yeah, just because I was exhausted. Really. Yeah, I'm I'm in now. Like I'm in um a hospital now, like a rehabilitation place for mental health. For uh, depression and anxiety, um, and these are things I didn't really think I had until that point because of how focused I was on work, yeah. and I hadn't been paying any attention to like my mind or my body of what it was what I was sort of paying for that time. But um, yeah, look, it's um, 
it's been a hell of a ride, but it's real. It's out there, and um, you know, if you don't look out, it's going to get you. It, it, yeah, it takes no prison, prisoners. That one. Can I ask you what kind of work you were doing? It's Monica, by the way. No, hey Monica, um, handmade. Yeah, just everything handmade. Um, but the yeah, handmade diamond engagement rings, right. um, diamond setting. Yeah, that was the majority of it. And it's just you. Oh, at that at the final stage, it was uh, I got an apprentice, so mm-hmm. I had my apprentice with me, Maxi, and um, and I had another bloke in there. Took his three days a week. And you're all making um, nobody's handling um, the admin or the marketing or anything like that. Um, well, the social media stuff I was doing, and my wife was doing the bookwork and stuff when she had spare time. So right, so yeah, I'm just I, asking I all these questions too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just asking all these questions because it's such a common story. I hear it all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just there is a difference between making the work and running the business and we tend to be so focused on making the work that we forget to run the business when actually, not that this is necessarily helpful since where you are now, but focusing on the business from the beginning can actually help you to create something that can look after you so that you can actually take time off and, pull back a little bit it's it sounds ironic but it's actually the case yeah and even though you've got an apprentice and a a part-time worker sometimes they can be working themselves to to guide and well managing other people is hard particularly and most creatives don't have any real experience of it none of us actually did HR training or management training or anything like that you know so yeah true most of us did well so, like, the staff were great, you know. Yeah. Um, like, they, if, if anything, they prolonged the inevitable. Um, like, it, it took – it would have happened sooner without, like, my apprentice was in there. He was helping me with everything. Anytime something came in, uh, or he'd listen to the call and write it down um, and remind me about things because I was becoming forgetful as well. Mm. So, we were always on to everything. So, it made it easier. But, um, yeah, having the staff there was, was really – it was a blessing. Like, it, it didn't happen sooner, really, but it's, like, they were good. They, they were good to have around. Without staff, it would have happened sooner, for sure. It's interesting because I actually started to take better care of my time management and better care of myself once I had staff because I wanted to be a better role model. I knew that I was working all the hours that God made and I could see them really trying to emulate that and trying to be like me and the more they tried to be like me the more I realized how dangerous that was so you know we actually started instituting some systems in my business to ensure that that wouldn't happen now I must admit I'm a bit crap at them but they're there and we're working together as a team to try and make burnout and the prevention of that a real priority you know yeah yeah definitely I can see that now (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I didn't see it before, and again, no one talks about it, so it's not yeah. really something that it, 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 you really shed light on until it's too late. So, exactly. um, but yeah, I totally agree. Um, that's something I'll be doing when I get back into it. One of the things that we started um, for me and for a couple of other people was uh, one mental health day a month. So taking that as a form of leave. Uh, because yeah. we never use our sick leave because we never get sick, you know. And if you're self-employed, you don't have sick leave anyway. Yeah. But the idea was to institute one day a month of not working on a day when you would normally work, and we call it mental health leave. So you could, on that day, 
just stay in bed all day or spend time with your family or run Go errands. Go to the zoo. Do whatever you want. Around. Yeah, but yeah. just re sort of recalibrate yourself to, you know, be back on deck. And it's important was important for us because I, I work a lot of weekends. So when you work weekends but then you also have to kind of yeah. conform to the rest of the week. As you, many jewellers do. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot up, of jewellers have yeah. to be open on a Saturday. Right, to, exactly. Yeah. You know, so you can end up actually never having a weekend. So this was just, that was like a first step for us in trying to address the reality of that and also put some practical systems in place to 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 work towards that. Again, mm-hmm. you know, we're not always as consistent about it as we should be, but we're definitely working towards it because it's real. Yeah. But, but before this call, I, I was, I, 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 I'm doing the same thing, working as many hours as I can. Like sometimes I go to bed, I wake up, go to work, go to bed, and there's not much in between and uh so when this episode came about and reading about it i realized it's something that you need to audit about yourself as much as tidying your desk like or your bench uh you know like like you have to marie condo (laughs) your time and your and your goals and your your delegation and, and all those things. Well, like, you, like you said there, the goals, this was another thing. I had no goals set, you know, um, just throughout this experience talking to people, they've asked me, they're like, what was your goal? Like, after you'd done that, like, you put in all that work, what was it for? What was the end result? What was the goal? What are you doing for yourself? And literally, I didn't have an answer. And I, all I just had was more work. So, for laying your goals and rewarding yourself, um, in moderation, of course, but for what work you've done, you know, even if it's just taking a day off. Like, I didn't have a day off for a couple of months there. Um, yeah. But, you know, working these massive days and that was it. And that's, yeah, it gets you, but there's no end goal. You need to reward yourself and look after yourself to do that. But then that comes back to that um, mental health day that you, you were talking about there earlier. Um, that's a great idea and, yeah, I reckon everyone should do it. I think goals are absolutely critical, but my suggestion is also to wind it back even further than that because it's really about self-accountability. Being self-employed is about being accountable to yourself, quite literally being your own boss, but we don't get any training in how to do that or what that actually means. All of our training all the way up until when we actually start our businesses is about being accountable to somebody else. So whether you're a child, you're accountable to your parents and when you're at school, you're accountable to your teachers and then most of us go out and get part-time or casual jobs and we learn how to be accountable to our employer. There's always someone to set the rules and say, go home or come to work or you're finished now, this is the end, this is the beginning of the new thing. And when you're self-employed, there isn't anybody there to do that nor have you had any training in how to manage that. So the only measurement of accountability you've got is the customers or the clients and so and they never go away, hopefully. If you're running a successful business, yeah. they just keep coming. Yeah, and yeah. so if you just have that framework, that mindset of I must just service the clients or the customers, then you're actually not being your own boss. You're letting them be the boss of you, which negates the entire point of starting your own business in the first place. But it's a learned skill. Yeah. It doesn't come naturally at all. Why would it? Because 
every life experience that we've ever had right up until the day when we declare ourselves as being freelance or self-employed has been accountable to somebody else. Well, I totally agree with what you're saying, that self-accountability. You know, like, there's so many aspects to business outside of business that you don't really, like, they don't seem relevant, but yet they're so important. But like you say, looking after yourself and setting your own hours and, you know, yeah, keeping things running smoothly outside of actually getting the work done, mm. um, it's, it is very, very important. And again, yeah. it's not something that I really even considered before, you know, this, this stage. Yeah, there's no reason why you would have though. I mean, when would you have ever been taught that? It's it's a you know, it's on the job training that teaches you that, except you end up exhausting yourself before you really learn the lesson, you know, and, and your story is terrible but also not uncommon. I hear it all the time. You yeah. Know? And it's Oh yeah, exactly. But no one talks about it. Like they they talk about it with one on one, but it's never an open discussion. And yeah. um, for men, I think a lot of men are mm. too proud to actually say that, like, that's affecting them. One, you've burnt out, but two, the depression that comes with it. You, yeah. You're just holding things in for so long that it burns you out and a lot of people don't want to admit it. And but, it, um, it's weird it as well because it should be reframed. It could, should be as natural as, like, do you know what? I've broken my leg and I need to take a week off. Yeah. Like, uh, so, I'm, th- this, this is something I need to manage. And I need to take this time to make sure that I don't end up here. And, you know, just as frankly as we would talk about physical injuries or anything like that. I think there's another important part of that as well, which is something we also don't discuss, and that's the nature of creativity. Because creative practice has more in common with athleticism than most people realise. In order for your brain to be able to function at its highest possible level, in order for you to be able to be creative in an artistic sense but also be creative in a business sense as a problem solver or as an innovative thinker, you have to give the muscle in your head a rest. You can't expect your body to continually output if you're not giving it a chance. And creative practitioners never talk about their relationship with their creativity, at least not in Australia, which I think is a real shame because, as I said, you know, we have more in common with professional athletes than it might seem, but we, we have a cultural and sort of a social understanding of what that means. So if you were at a barbecue and you said, I'm a professional athlete and I have to spend the day in bed because my body's tired, everyone would go, oh, yeah, mate, absolutely, you know, good on you. Whereas if you yeah. said, I'm a professional artist and I have to spend a day in bed because my brain is tired, it'd be like, oh, yeah, pussy, yeah. get Yeah, up. right, have some cement. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I agree <laughs> with you. It is, yeah. it's, a, it's not just a disrespect of uh, understanding how – we work. It's a, it's an ultimately a disrespect of, of creativity as well, you know. Yeah, certainly. Where are you now? You you're still. Uh, yeah, I'm in un- I'm in the you know hospital now. From in Rabina Private Hospital. Yeah. Uh, they've got a mental health area in here, and I'm going to these. Uh, I've lost touch. Apparently, I don't I don't understand how I feel because I um I go from zero to a hundred too quickly. So I need to understand. Uh, what I'm feeling. Sure. When I'm starting to get aggravated to go and go for a walk or when the frustration first begins to relax, really, I think I'm learning how to relax. 
I think that's pretty much what I'm taking out of it. Um, yeah, I haven't really been relaxing for many years, so it's uh, it something like- I'm trying to learn how to do and then rebalance everything because going back into work, I've got to restructure my hours, um, workload, and also personal life because work has been my personal life. So yeah, it's it's a total challenge. And being so able to then, being able, yeah. sorry to. Um- to have that family time without checking your emails all the time as well, just separating, okay, work is closed (laughs) and my family time is open, my family time is closed and my me time is open. You know, they're all important. Yeah, I think being really strict with yourself about what your time boundaries are is absolutely critical and saying this is when I am at work and this is when I am at home and that's particularly important for those of you who are working at home, you know, particularly if you don't necessarily have a separate space to work from or if your working space is closely connected to your living space, you really have to be disciplined and say I will work from this time until this time and then when that time comes I'm quote-unquote closed Shutting Even though I can still see my work yeah, yeah, on yeah. the bench, I'm not going to go near it. I'm not going to touch it, you know? Yeah, it's like people have said that to me. And, again, it's one of those things where I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. No. But it's it's so true. It has to be done. Like that, that big the section of putting that piece down at the end of the day yeah. when you're going and have dinner but you've told yourself you're going to spend the rest of the day off, you've got to take it. Because yeah. you get into a cycle where it becomes normal to just go back to work and um, before you know it, it spirals out of control and you don't know it until it's sort of over. Yeah. So it's kind of just pulling back before because it, it kind of, this whole thing blindsided me. Mm. Like I didn't see it coming, but now I've had time to reflect. Um, I've, I can see like those warning signs there of like when I was very short, I was too tired, I was cranky all the time. I should have seen it coming, but because I was so focused on the workload and, you know, making the pieces as well, it just blinded me from what's what's important. Yeah. So. I think it's also really important to practice what's called self-empathy, which is treating yourself as if you were one of your own staff or as if you were one of your friends. If you had made your apprentice work 100 hours a week, I mean, for a start, you would have broken them, but also you probably would have ended up getting sued by the Fair Work Ombudsman for <laughs> pushing yeah. them too hard. You know, you I don't. Yeah. You, you seem like a very nice person, and I don't imagine that you would push the people that you work that work for you to work for twenty hours a day and get forty five minutes sleep. But apparently, it was okay for you. Clearly, not anymore. The idea behind that is to empathize with yourself and treat yourself as if you were one of your own team. I mean, it's it's quite literally being your own boss, but more particularly being a good boss. And again, we you know, everyone says be your own boss, but nobody actually teaches you how to do it. To actually say to yourself, it's okay, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, but you know what? You're the boss, knock off. Yeah. Nothing bad will happen. The world will not collapse if I don't make another ring. And the same with emails as well. If you get an email at 8 p.m., that can wait. <laughs> oh, <laughs> till, I, till oh we have a really strict policy. Around, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't answer an email before nine o'clock or after five. And a lot of the freelancers that I and self employed people that I work with, 
have a permanent out of office that says, I work for myself and I am busy and I will get back to you. But if I don't get back to you straight away, please don't think that I've died. (laughs) I'm just taking my time, you know, I'm in the studio or I'm on the road. You know, you can make it sound kind of glamorous, you know, Um, but people just need to be trained. You know, I always think that clients are like dogs and toddlers. You just need to be firm and tell them what they are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do and try not to break those rules yourself. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Jake, for chatting with us because this is... Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Because it's really like for myself, it's like, oh, I need to Marie Kondo myself. Like I'm doing too much and, you know, I need to spend some time with my daughter, spend some time for myself, um, you know, treat myself when it's going well Mm. and just those sorts of things. So it's really cool that you started this conversation and thank you very much for that. I'm I'm glad I gained some traction because no doubt this will help somebody, whether they talk to someone they know or whether it prompts them to just go to the doctor and see a little bit of help, that's that's where it starts. And yeah. um big but don't be um don't think it's a weakness. Like Yeah. Go in you put your ego aside and just stand up and look after yourself. Yeah. It's gotta be done. It's not uncommon for jewelers to work towards the three digit hour week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's not sustainable. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Um really appreciate the phone call today yeah. I'll um I'll chat with you guys soon. And uh, next time I'm, my partner takes me to the Gold Coast to Dream World, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll come and see you in your Yeah, looking forward to shop. it. That'll be lovely. That'll be beautiful. Thank you so much, Jake. Take care. Yeah, there's a lot there about self-care strategies to help yourself because there's so many things to do it's easy to put yourself last i think what's really important is to have a clear set of not only goals but also priorities within those goals so thinking about what you'd like to achieve or what you'd like the outcome of your week to be i will feel proud of myself if i have done xyz and then creating a priority a prioritized list basically based on that outcome yeah and an exercise that I quite often do with people which is always a bit distressing is ask I ask people creative self-employed people to write a list of the five most important things in their life the five things that are top of their list of priorities their five most profound or important goals and very 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 occasionally someone will write themselves on that list. <laughs> sure. I wouldn't but even it, occur to it me. It hardly ever happens. <laughs> People always write their families, their children, their work, their creative practice, their dog, like <laughs> their community. But, you know, I've only ever had one person and she wrote me at the top of her list oh, good because she said, if I'm not taking care of myself, I can't reasonably expect to be able to take care of anybody or anything else, including yeah. my own business and my family. And I thought, good on you, lady, because that's exactly what I want them to write, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's, again, you know, I think it was interesting that Jake was talking about kind of that the community expectations of, you know, what it means to be weak and what it means to be a man. But, I mean, I think there's also a lot of pressure on people to not be quote-unquote selfish. 
Yeah. We don't really seem to understand the difference between selfish and taking care of ourselves because those are two entirely different things, you know. And it, I've never met anyone that I would classify as selfish because they wanted to, you know, have a lie-in or spend some more time with their family or just, yeah, yeah unbelievably hard on ourselves, you know. Yeah, sure. And being able to reward yourself for something that you like as well. Um, my um, my partner's dad, if he has a good day, he goes and gives himself a foot massage. Yeah, like. I think that's a great idea. And it, it, it dovetails nicely back into accountability because I often ask people, you know, what's the difference between a goal and a deadline? Because most professional creatives, if you give us a deadline, we'll meet it because – if you don't, you don't yeah. get to become a professional creative, right? <laughs> so if you give someone a deadline, they'll meet it. How they get there is not the point. The point is that it get, they get there. And yet with goals, we're like, oh, well, you know, it's a goal, but it's not really a thing. The journey towards both of those things are exactly the same. But sure. it's the outcomes that are slightly different. So with a deadline, part of the reason why we'll, we'll kind of kill ourselves to meet a deadline is because the stakes are really high. If you don't meet a deadline that's been set for you by somebody else, then you won't get paid or, you know, they'll be disappointed in you, you'll be letting other people down, your business will suffer, blah, blah. If you do meet the deadline, then you'll be rewarded in some way. So that reward idea actually comes back into the goal idea. If I complete this thing, once I get to the point where I'm – have decided that it's finished at least for this stage I will get a foot massage or I will take my dog for a walk or I will if it's me open a bottle of champagne like (laughs) you know and I find that's particularly important when it comes to doing yucky things you know whatever whatever you don't like in your business whether it's you know doing the books or you know having to send out you know reminders for invoices or you know cleaning up or whatever it is being thankful to yourself yeah thanks me be a good boss exactly self-empathy you've done a fantastic job today i'm so happy with you i'm gonna let you knock off early (laughs) and here's you know five dollars to go buy yourself an ice cream or whatever it just do that you know be that be that good boss yeah if people want to find out more about you monica how can they so all they, they follow to, you and all yes, that stuff? Yes, yep. They can go to creativeplusbusiness.com, creativeplusbusiness.com. It's pretty easy to find us and we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. Just look up Creative Plus Business and you'll find us pretty much everywhere. Just look for the picture of the woman in the frock usually with a glass of champagne in her hand. That'll be me. And you've got tons of resources on your website. And- Absolutely. We're a social enterprise, which means that we put 50% of our profits back towards creating free and subsidized resources for creatives all over the world so we have loads of free downloads and resources and videos and things that people can access on the website plus we do a free webinar once a month about something sexy like how to keep your tax records or why you should use linkedin you know really fun exciting things like that but that's all free and all they need to do is go to the website and you'll find everything Yep, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming down on this cold, horrible day. Thank you for having me. It's nice and warm in here. I'm not leaving. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you. You've been listening to a Social Storytellers podcast. 